am I going to do? I've watched it so many times and I keep having the same feeling. I think... I think I kind of like Spider-Man 3. But I feel like no one in the world feels the way I do. I just wish I had someone to talk to. What, what, what was that? Is someone there? Remember that part where there's that cool Sandman fight in the subway? So underrated. How about that time Peter dances down the street in his new black suit? So misunderstood! What about when Harry and Peter team up to fight Venom and save Mary Jane? So good. I kinda like Spider-Man 3. I want to talk about it too, Scott. That's why I've been looking for you. Looking? For, for me? Oh yeah. I know all about you. You do? Like what? Like the fact that we've recorded 245 podcasts covering every minute of Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, so if we stop now, it just doesn't seem right to me. Wait, that you, Zach? Look, I want to talk about Spider-Man 3. You want to talk about Spider-Man 3. Together, its bad reputation doesn't stand a chance. Interested? Yeah. But where can people find us? Oh, my spider sense is tingling, if you know what I mean. And it's telling me that they should look for Spider-Man Minute Season 3 on DuelingGenre.com or wherever they get their podcasts this summer. And welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character in a great story, except when we don't. I'm Joe Dorowski. And I'm Todd Mack. And it is our annual Christmas special. Our fifth annual Christmas special, Todd. Can you believe it? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and, and that uh, means that you guys will have each done 35 Christmas pitches by the end of tonight. And every single one could immediately be made into a film right now. <laughs> Some of them could be made into movies. Someone uh, would have to write the rest of the script. Right, yeah. There, there'd still be a little work to be done on these. So for any listeners who are not familiar with our Christmas specials, producer Andrew, whose voice you've already heard, uh, selects seven holiday-themed movie titles. And these are always movies that we have not ever seen. It seems every year there's at least 50 new Christmas specials that are made. I think it was 94 Hallmark. this year. Yeah, so there, there's lots of options. Hallmark, Hallmark alone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so many options for, for Andrew to choose from. And he sends Todd and myself this list of seven movie titles, and then we make up summaries. And we read our fake summaries to Andrew. He chooses which one he'd rather want to see. Uh, but then he also reveals the real summary. And uh, whoever has the most votes at the end uh, wins this round. I know we've both won. I don't know what the overall standing is, though. I'd have to go back and listen. <laughs> I don't uh, remember either. But I'm going to let you know, Todd, this year, my goal is to go 7-0. <laughs> Which has definitely never happened. Right. It's been really competitive. I think every year it's been very competitive. Yeah, I, uh, yes. I think it's usually coming down to the last one. Yep. All right. Uh, Andrew, would you like to flip an object <laughs> and have Todd call out heads or tails yes. to decide who is going to select the first title? 
this year. I think we've never flipped the same object twice. Um, not just on Christmas, but in any particular um, special. This year, it is uh, the lid to my wife's new candle that she got for her birthday uh, this week. What scent? Uh, what scented lid are we dealing with here? Uh, well, Could affect Andrew or Todd's candle, pick. The candle is uh, mind and body, joy and laughter, cranberry dahlia. Wow. That sounds like a movie title we could be making up a summary for. <laughs> it sounds like an anime. It sounds like the title of an anime film. <laughs> um, I think I, I think mind and body might be like the line mm-hmm. of the of the aromatic candles. And sure. then um, joy and laughter, I think, is like the title and the scent is cranberry dahlia. Okay. Alright. So is it uh is heads like Top side up and tails is inside up. Yeah, so tails will okay. be like the tag on the inside, and and heads will be the the lid. Okay, I'm but going tails. Like a little a little flame motif. I'm going tails. Right, here it is flipping. It is tails. Wow. So Todd gets to choose uh, the title and what order you guys will uh, deliver your pitches in. Okay, I will go. Oh, shoot, I always I always mess this up. Doesn't really matter. Um, I'll go ahead and go uh, first, and we will start with a Christmas movie, Christmas. All right, and I've got to say, I, I, I'm I'm just going to reveal to the listeners a little bit of the chaos this year, where we had to change out a couple of titles a couple of times because initially we had too many mistletoe titles. <laughs> And so we had to reduce that. Which actually is a thing that can happen. I mean, there may be people who doubt. Could, could you ever possibly have too many mistletoe, mistletoe. titles? But we, we've answered that question. The answer is yes. Yeah. And so we reduced our mistletoe titles. But I did like a quick replacement, and I did not properly vet those films, which turned out to be sleazy 80s comedies. <laughs> We're not doing that. Um, <laughs> I didn't know why you struck them from the. Uh... <laughs> I was, I was hoping that you would tell us why. <laughs> yeah, it's it was like a, a nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, something from the eighties with Zach Galifianakis and and the whole crew. I was like, oh no, no, we're not. I'm he, not reading. He was that. going in the eighties. Wait, what? <laughs> he goes back late eighties. <laughs> okay. And it would have been his his early stuff. His uh his what like his sophomore expressions. Okay. Wow. Um, so I'm like, I'm, no, we're not doing that. So we had to swap a few things out. So Joseph and Todd have had limited time on some of these, or maybe all of them. We won't reveal what they like. <laughs> <laughs> but, but a Christmas movie Christmas was an entry we got this afternoon or, or this morning, right? Was last it? night. Last, last night. night. Was it last night? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I didn't see it till last night. Okay. All We've right, had 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Nearly. Okay. But Todd, let's hear what you did. Some of uh, us may have written all of these in the last 24 hours. Just <laughs> saying. Maybe, maybe all of us. <laughs> Deadlines are the finest muse. Okay, a Christmas movie Christmas. This is a whimsical and lighthearted documentary look at a year in the Hallmark Christmas movie machine. 
Enjoy interviews with producers, directors, screenwriters, and actors who spend all year focusing on bringing Christmas magic to the small screen and the fans who literally can't get enough of said magic. While there is real tension as the executives juggle 40 different film projects, there are also lots of laughs and even some tears as these creative professionals reflect on the joy they bring to the world each year. The film culminates with that greatest of all Christmas celebrations, the now annual Christmas Con. This is directed by Jeffrey Blitz, who did uh, a Spellbound. The uh... <laughs> so there you go, Christmas movie, Christmas. Oh, I like that, Todd. Uh, I, uh, okay, my my goal for seven and zero might might be taking a little shot here. <laughs> All right, here's my Christmas movie, Christmas summary. Angela grew up in Frankenmuth, Michigan, which is home to Bronner's Christmas Wonderland, the largest Christmas store in the world. It's open year-round, and Angela started working there when she was 16. Now she's almost 30 and a manager there, and she's kind of over the whole Christmas thing. Angela's disinterest in Christmas has heightened recently because the store used to have a summer slow period. But in recent years, the city of Frankenmuth and also Bronner's, uh, almost 30 acres of permanently decorated grounds, have become the epicenter for filming holiday uh, movies for cable networks. (laughs) Uh, one night, while closing up shop, Angela snaps a music box closed and wishes there was no Christmas. When she wakes up, she's still in Frankenmuth, but there's no Christmas store. Instead, she's uh. the manager of an Ikea. <laughs> well, first things... <laughs> this is a nice change of pace. She soon yearns for the holiday spirit and must hunt through the entire Ikea looking for that music box so she can reverse her wish. <laughs> Have you been to Have you been to Frankenmuth? I have. I, I when I lived in Michigan, we went up to Bronner's, uh, and and okay. it is so. Like the, Ikea, this is a real Ikea, store. Yeah, it's, it's Ikea. It's on my list. Yeah, Christmas store, and it's it the other thing they have in Frankenmuth is a Cherry Republic. Have you did you go Did you discover Cherry Republic when you lived in Michigan? I did not. Oh, uh, the Cherry Republic is a store where every everything is made out of Michigan cherries, jams, barbecue sauces, salsas, cookies candies and they and the whole store is full of samples you just walk around and eat it's my fa- my kid's favorite place <laughs> and there's one in frankenmuth yeah well you'll have to get up there and yeah go visit bronner's we will <laughs> all right andrew can you tell us the real plot of a christmas movie christmas yep here is the actual and by the way um we keep saying hallmark i think more of our films came from lifetime this year actually interesting they are they are really trying oh. to uh chop some of that flavor hold on a second <laughs> i forgot i wrote a tagline for each one of my films this one is christmas comes but once a year with a question mark <laughs> <laughs> i have no taglines because i'm a slacker okay the actual a christmas movie christmas eve is a christmas movie fanatic i just ah man how many Christmas characters are named Eve? I might have one. <laughs> About as many as I named Mick. Your way. <laughs> Eve is a Christmas movie fanatic and dreams of having a movie perfect Christmas with a movie perfect boyfriend. On Christmas Eve, when Eve and her cynical sister Lacey, which I don't know what they were going for with that, but Lacey uh, makes wishes to Santa, they wake up in Christmas town and find themselves trapped inside a Christmas movie where they are the stars. <laughs> it's sort of like the inverse of Joseph's pitch, I'm now realizing. It really is. <laughs> wow. 
But when things start to go wrong and Eve's knowledge of all things Christmas movie fails to fix things, Eve and Lacey try to find a way out of the picture perfect Christmas and back to reality. It's a little bit like, um, uh, isn't Babes it romantic? The uh, Rebel Wilson romantic comedy where she gets stuck in a romantic comedy. Oh, yeah. But this is like weirdly an inverse of Joseph's. It is. Where it's like, I have to get out of this Christmas non-reality and into my regular life. Yes. And in Joseph's, it's I have to get out of this non-Christmas dream and back to my Christmas regular life. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like those two should just cancel each other out. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Um, I, they're not going to, though. And I am going to lean to Joseph on this. It just sounds so magical to have a massive Christmas store as the setting, like a year-round Christmas store as the setting of your Christmas movie. Except that still the, alive. most of the film that doesn't takes place in Ikea, right? <laughs> you, you got that part about his pitch. <laughs> Can you imagine no, wait, trying wait, to hunt through an Ikea for one small box, guys? Like, that is one of my worst nightmares. <laughs> a nondescript small box. Now, here's the question, Joseph. Does it take place at Christmas time in the Ikea? Or is this like... Has your point already been July? awarded? <laughs> because I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has... Okay, uh, then uh, whatever, whatever suits you, you know, uh, sure. I'd say yes, it's it's Christmas time, but there, it, there's no Christmas music or anything. Like, she's feeling the absence of Christmas. Okay. All right, so that's a point to Joseph. He's he's oh. so far on his way to 7-0. and oh. <sighs> Dang it. <laughs> All right. One of these days, one of my Christmas documentaries is going to get a point. It never has. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas in Boston didn't get a point. My Morgan Freeman one didn't get a point. <laughs> Christmas movie, Christmas, no points. I, I think that's my favorite of your uh, your Christmas documentary subgenre. Okay. Well, All right. I'm going to choose um, <clears throat> Christmas Temp as the next okay. one. So uh, I, 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 should, saw this I one should make. A... Oh, go ahead. A, like a a slight adjustment. It is in fact the Christmas temp. I don't think that's going to make a difference. But oh man, now title title have an article. Oh, man. <laughs> hold on, give me a second to rewrite this thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Christmas temp. Like so many college students going back home for the holiday break, Avery wants to find a temp job to earn a little bit towards tuition at NYU. Unfortunately, the options for Avery are limited. You see, as the daughter, daughter of Santa and Noel Claus, her work options are in the toy department, the wrapping department, or at the reindeer stalls in the North Pole. While she left the North Pole as a wide-eyed, sheltered teenager, she's now a cynical young adult with some intro philosophy and one lecture about Marxism under her belt. Concerned about the labor practices she sees, Avery takes a job in the toy department, but may accidentally ruin Christmas for the world when her political rantings inspire a rebellion amongst the elfish ranks. But as the strike drags on, Avery starts to wonder about the nature of Santa's gift-giving and how property is shared among the proletariat of the world. Maybe some improvements in the means of production are possible without overthrowing the entire system. But time is running out, as it's already December 22nd. Will Avery be able to undo what she's done so that she can save Christmas? I wonder if she'll... I wonder if she will. Will she? Will she? All right, Christmas and my tagline temp. was the first step in the revolution is to raise the elves into the position of power. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Christmas temp. Franklin, Tennessee has long been home to the Dickens of a Christmas Festival, in which actors and actresses dress up as characters from A Christmas Carol and Oliver Twist and treat visitors to a Victorian era weekend. Normally, actors for the festival are contracted months in advance, but this year, the actor of Ebenezer Scrooge has a heart attack the night before the festival begins. Desperate to find a replacement, the festival's director, Beth Shepard, played by Sandra Bullock, grabs a shabby-looking elderly man named Frank, played by Robert Duvall, off the street and asks if he would play the part. He sheepishly, he sheepishly agrees. At first, Beth has real concerns about what she's done, but the old man turns out to be a wonderful actor. Visitors to Franklin love him as Scrooge, and the townspeople and actors come to love him as a person. He is kind, honest, and full of the true spirit of Christmas, despite the blows life has given him. In the end, it's simply a heartwarming tale about a man who has been beaten down by life, but refuses to stay down. The casting there okay. was uh, pretty strong, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Stronger than most cable Christmas movies. <laughs> well, this yeah. one could be in theaters. I've got one one that I specifically. Well, you want to see Robert Duvall playing Ebenezer Scrooge alongside? I, uh, I do actually want to see that. <laughs> okay, Are you guys ready for the actual Christmas temp? Yes, yes. The Christmas temp deals with a struggling artist who is on a desperate hunt for jobs to make ends meet. She finally finds the right fit for herself in a Christmas temp agency, a job that she takes up with the slightest hope of, of securing gigs through the festive season. However, things for her do not go as planned, thus landing her in a creative rut when the agency's attractive HR manager distracts her. <laughs> I don't I don't like where that's going with the yeah. HR manager. It's actually the HR manager entering into the relationship. Yeah, yeah that uh, seems problematic. It's extremely dicey territory. <laughs> Unless he has, uh, he has all the forms ready to go. He's like, okay, here's the forms before I flirt with you. Let's. That's right. <laughs> um, I really want to see Robert. Is that Duvall. it? That's it. That's, oh, that's all I got. <laughs> There's somebody who's churning out 40 of these, Todd, 40 of these little summaries. <laughs> I know. Well, it took me at least, at least two hours today to pump out seven. So to get 40. I mean, my goodness, <laughs> take and, at least. And they're working from actual content. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think you were about to say something. I, I really want to see Robert Duvall as Ebenezer Scrooge. And I think it would be even better with that, that layer of him playing someone else playing. Uh, Scrooge. Yes. That's what I was thinking. Andrew. <laughs> and, and I like the, um, sort of like nod to miracle on 34th street mm-hmm. but it's christmas carol instead of santa so it's it's subtle ish yeah and the, and the, it's not really like fantastic in that sense like he's not magical he's just a super good guy and people really like to be around him yeah you know what christmas needs so I'm, a little I'm, more marxism guys that's what christmas <laughs> <laughs> i really like that i really like that a lot too um so that's one point for Todd. Yeah, so, I'm gathering. It, yes, it is a point for Todd. So Joseph's streak is broken. It's one oh. to one. All right. The dream is done. Maybe next year. Okay. Um, I'm up, right? Yes. Yes. We're going Christmas a la mode. Let's get this out of the way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is not my strongest that's, one either. I mean, that's a good <laughs> title, isn't it, guys? Bo Holly is a famous New York City runway model whose body is finely tuned like a microchip. Candace Kane 
Candace Kane is a widow who owns and operates a little ice cream shop tucked away in an alley. One November day, desperate to get away from the paparazzi, Bo ducks into Candy's alley and into her shop. Not wanting to be rude, he orders a small scoop of ice cream, and he and Candace, her friends call her Candy, shoot the breeze until the coast is clear. Bo finds both the ice cream and Candy's simple demeanor irresistible, and the next week he finds another excuse to be in her shop. As the weeks pass by and Christmas nears, Bo realizes that not only has his affection for Candace grown, but so has his waistline. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the microchip has been compromised. <laughs> I promised myself I wouldn't do that. <clears throat> In fact, like, we can never top our vixen. <laughs> that one. I know. Uh. I know. I really didn't. Okay. Uh, uh, as the weeks pass by and Christmas nears, Bo realizes that not only has his affection for Candace grown, but so has his waistline. In fact, he is now in danger of losing his job as a model. Will his love for Candace win out, or will the siren song of the model's life lure him away from the ice cream shop and Candace's heart forever? Oh, cliffhanger there. <clears throat> mine, mine may end on a cliffhanger yeah, as well. So I hope you noticed that I got like both meanings of a la mode into my just saying <laughs> just, just ice cream and fashion i was gonna say yeah ice cream and and fashion huh yes yes all right uh christmas a la mode uh in a generic baking competition that takes place in a large white tent on the grounds of a british manor the temperature is rising as souffles are falling <laughs> It's a holiday-themed competition, but despite uh, one contestant being eliminated each week, Megan and Colin can't help but make eye contact across their bakes. Despite their mutual flirtatious distractions, uh, they each have won two Star Baker Awards. When the silver-haired judge, James Scrubstone, breaks Colin's heart uh, by spotting a soggy-bottomed fairy cake, Megan is there to pick up the pieces. (laughs) When Scrubstone points out that Megan's chocolates uh, is not tempered, Colin helps calm hers. But when they both make the final three and have a chance to win the coveted title, will the desire to make the scrummiest pudding drive a wedge into their burgeoning love interest? The final showstopper challenge is to build a gingerbread house, and when Megan finishes ahead of schedule, Will she offer to help Colin place his roof on top or watch him struggle so she has an advantage in the final round of judging? Ooh. Will they eat the berries at the same time? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Are you guys ready for the actual? I just want you to know, I made up all those details myself. That was not inspired (laughs) by anything. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> oh, and my tagline was, will the competitive spirit ruin the Christmas spirit? Oh, I like well, that. Well, that's a pretty good tagline. Yeah. Okay. The actual Christmas a la mode. Since her father passed away, Emily has been running her family's dairy farm with the help of her mother and best friend. But this Christmas, the farm has fallen on hard times. So Emily's sister, Dorothy, who is part owner with Emily and her handsome business partner, Charlie, show up with a proposition to sell the farm. Emily comes up with an ingenious plan to buy out her sister's shares and hold an online holiday ice cream flavor contest that goes viral with the help of a key ingredient, Charlie's amazing apple pie. Christmas a la mode ice cream is born. 
Still, as the Christmas Eve deadline for the buyout approaches, Emily needs a Christmas miracle to save the farm and her father's legacy in time for a happy Christmas. Oh, just cliffhangers all around in our summaries. Yeah. So it's it's pretty literal, guys. <laughs> it's, it's pie <laughs> with ice cream. Alamode ice cream. Do <laughs> yeah. you need to call it Christmas Alamode ice cream? Isn't that what you said that was called? Yes, <laughs> Christmas Alamode <laughs> ice cream is born. Okay. Which, if that dairy farm hasn't already been doing ice cream, this is not going to cut it. <laughs> One, one flavor. Yeah. Um, it's definitely Todd. the The model, oh, boy, the body transformation <laughs> that the actor's going to have to go through. Oh, candy versus versus modeling. <laughs> Wow. Also, I appreciate I appreciate you going with Bo as the name of the male lead. Mm-hmm. I thought that one was pretty slick. Bo Holly. Okay. Well, thank you. I'll Todd, take the point. Todd's up two to one. I can't believe it. Two that. to one after all of my worst <laughs> <laughs> what I felt you're, like were my oh, you were thinking the your 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 cellar drawing. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm trying to end strong as well. <laughs> But you know, I just I never know. So that's why the that's why you play the game. All right, Joseph, you get to choose the next title. Uh okay. Uh let's do Santa Girl. <laughs> there are a lot of different ways to inflect that. Can you give me three examples? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Santa girl, Santa girl, or Santa girl. <laughs> okay. All right. Well done. All right. Uh, from uh, my summary. Santa I only girl. had two when I started that, guys. It came together <laughs> real, real strong for me. <laughs> uh, the Holiday Girls are an all-British pop singing group and one of the most popular musical acts in the world. Each member has a specific holiday they're associated with. There's Santa Girl for Christmas, Ghost Girl for Halloween, Cupid Girl for Valentine's Day, Box Girl for Boxing Day, and Menorah Girl for for Hanukkah. However, the group (laughs) has the stipulation that when you turn 20, you must retire or go attempt a solo career. And a new singer takes (laughs) over your role. The current Santa Girl is soon graduating out of the Holiday Girls, so a television talent search throughout Great Britain is on to discover the next Santa Girl. Will be Lucy, uh, Lucy, the Chav Girl from London, Linda, the Country Bumpkin from rural Wales, or Lena, the arty uh, Irish Girl. Whoever can win the most votes from the public will have a new career ahead of her. And, and my tagline was, uh, ho, ho, how about you vote for me? <laughs> I feel really bad that I don't have taglines. Could you write some taglines for my? <laughs> that would be fantastic. All right, Santa girl. It's Christmas Eve, and everything is on schedule at the North Pole. It's going to be a great year. But the famous Marvel villain, Anti-Claus, is on the loose, and he's ready to wreak havoc on Saint, on Saint Nick's most important night. Armed with his magical bullwhip, Anti-Claus, and his nefarious South Pole elves storm the North Pole's defenses, and Santa is gravely wounded in the fray. Luckily, some heroic elves are able to load Santa into a sleigh, and the reindeer fly him to, you guessed it, Wakanda, 
the place all superheroes go when they need significant medical attention. In Wakanda, Shuri patches Santa up, but he's clearly in no condition to ride. So she decides to take matters into her own hands, first taking some of the Dory Milaje along with her to take care of anti-claws, then taking a victory lap around the world delivering toys. I mean, uh, convalescing in Wakanda is canon, right? <laughs> yes. And so is Anti-Claws. Anti-Claws is a real character. I, uh, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was not familiar. That's a, that's a pretty deep cut. <laughs> it is an extremely deep cut. Uh, but he actually does exist. He's a, he, he was in a Marvel. What's this? Strange Stories? What's uh, the thing? What's it called? Strange Tales? What Oh, Strange, Strange Tales. Tales, was, uh, Tales to Astonish. Uh, Tales of Suspense. Marvel 2 and 1. <laughs> it's a... Uh, hang on, I'll find him. <laughs> Anti-Claws. Uh, comic. Who is this guy? Um, he shows up in Bizarre Adventures. Mm. One issue. Anyway, okay. the ultimate evil in Santa. In fact, he actually kills Santa, and then Santa's son Nick has to come and uh, rescue the uh, rescue the uh, the North Pole. So anyway, superheroes, Wakanda, Shuri is Santa girl. <laughs> All right, the actual Santa girl. I think this one's from Netflix. Uh, the only daughter so. I of think Santa I was Claus. on uh, Netflix. And it started to autoplay a trailer for Santa Girl. And I was like, no, I can't see it. it. (laughs) Shield my eyes. So the the only daughter of Santa Claus wants to experience the real world before she must marry the son of Jack Frost and take over the family business. Cassie Claus, along with her trusty elf, sets off to college while trying to keep her magic powers and famous father a secret. At school, Cassie is pursued by two boys, Sam, who is sweetly awkward, and Jr., handsome and wealthy. As her impending arranged marriage, remember, she's already betrothed to the son of Jack Frost, so these two <laughs> guys are coming out of nowhere for that. Um, as her arranged marriage looms, Cassie struggles with her feelings for Sam and her obligation to her father and to Christmas itself. I guess Jr. isn't really in the mix. Poor Jr. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's the end of the summary. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if she, you know, goes for the, guess she ends the up normal guy Frost at did. college, yeah. you know, or if she goes back work, home yeah. and and commits to her family obligations. That's most likely. Also, this is. I mean, Joseph, you already told us a story about Santa's daughter going to college. I did. I did, and I did not watch that trailer. I didn't see the trailer, guys. That was. <laughs> That was really good. I just want to work in some Marxism. (laughs) (laughs) So this one's going to Joseph. Yes! Tied it up! Okay. Two to two. Alright. I thought you would would enjoy comic book uh, Christmas stories, but apparently not. Apparently you like them as much as you like Christmas documentaries. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. It's... uh, such is life. Such is <laughs> life. All right. Um, that means it's uh, back to Todd's pick. 
Okay. Round five. Oh, no we'll way. go with uh, five tw- already. Goodness. Twinkle all the way. Uh, this story comes to you from the makers of Snow 2 Brain Freeze. I remember now, it. Now, if you go back and re- remember, Snow 2 Brain Freeze was the story of Walter, a drop of water, who became an oh. ice, a, a popsicle. That, that Snow 2 Brain Freeze. Yes. Yeah, the, the, the real Snow 2 Brain Freeze. <laughs> about Walter, the drop of water who became a popsicle. So this story uh, comes to you from the makers of Snow 2 Brain Freeze and tells the story of Lucy, the speck of dust who became a star. I admit the first part of the film is a little dark and a little slow as Lucy just floats around in a dark nebula. Then an epic tug of war begins between the forces of... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You just can't talk about this without talking about gas. So... (laughs) 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 an epic tug of war begins between the forces of gas pushing lucy out into the cold dark vacuum of space and the force of gravity pulling her towards other little specks of dust and gas eventually a cloud is formed and when it reaches a certain mass lucy and her friends collapse in on each other creating heat and energy the thrilling climax of the film happens when lucy is right at the center of the first thermonuclear nuclear Reaction in the heart of her star. A massive explosion ensues, blowing gas and dust out into space and revealing the new Christmas star. This is uh, scored by Hans Zimmer and narrated by Werner Herzog. (laughs) A little cultural moment for Werner Herzog right now. Yeah. Now, Todd, I appreciate you trying to have it both ways on how to pronounce nuclear. Thermonuclear, nuclear, nu- nuclear, 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 thermonuclear. Okay. All right, Joseph, what do you have for Twinkle All the Way? All right, for Twinkle All the Way. <clears throat> Between Uber, Lyft, taxis, and the subway, and other ride options, the competition to attract riders is serious business in New York City. Nicholas is an entrepreneur with a struggling rideshare company who has an idea. A ride-sharing app that picks you up in a holiday-themed vehicle includes classic holiday treats as refreshments and plays Christmas songs as you're taken to see Christmas sights around the city. His new app, Twinkle All the Way, is such a success that he has to hire dozens of new cars uh, only a few days after Thanksgiving. Of course, success breeds imitation, and soon new companies are trying to crowd into Nicholas's lane. Mary Cutlass and a Happy Cavalier. A streetcar named The Fire is So Delightful. Volkswagen Humbug. <laughs> The Car Yule Lane, We Three Rides of Toyota Cars are some of his competition, but his biggest rival is Faith Ford's company, Santa Cars. Uh, Santa Cars has bumped Twinkle all the way from the top of the app store. Can Nicholas and Faith find a way to make peace? And will either of them develop a business plan that will be viable in January? (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Well done. I okay. do not want to reveal uh, the tabs I had open of car names and holiday phrases as I tried to work out some puns <laughs> there. All right. Okay. Are you ready for the actual one? Yes, please. Oh, wait, wait. My tagline. Uh, it's lovely weather oh, yes. for a ride chair together with you. There you go. Ah, I like it. Hmm. Okay. Twinkle all the way. 
to pull off a spectacular Christmas-themed wedding at the exclusive Snowview Lodge, wedding planner Cadence Clark joins forces with Henry Harrison, co-owner of a family-run Christmas decoration and house lighting company. Cadence and Henry, both single parents of young daughters, grow closer as they contribute to each other's projects. Cadence with the wedding and Henry with his high-profile client, Mrs. Sutton, and her annual VIP Christmas Eve party. However, a snowstorm threatens to wreak havoc on the wedding. But with help from Henry, family, and some holiday magic, Cadence may just be able to pull off the wedding and perhaps fall in love along the way. Okay. Todd, I think I like both I... of ours better. What? <laughs> I said, Todd, I think I like both of ours better. I do too. <laughs> I, I was going to say the same thing, but I didn't want to say it. So, um, yeah, this one's pretty weak uh, on, on the real one. I'm, I'm struggling with this one an awful lot. Here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> the point goes to Todd, but. Oh, oh but. <laughs> idea is really good. I just want to watch Todd's movie more. I want Joseph's thing to actually exist as a thing. Oh, like the Christmas ride okay. share. Yeah, like, I want I want the Christmas themed, you know, ride share with the cookies and milk and like taking oh, you to the okay. Christmas house. Like I want I want that version of Uber or Lyft to exist, but I want to watch Todd's movie. Cool. What would you All say right. three to in Todd's favor? And and also Joseph, I think your tagline still works as an actual product. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. All right. Uh, am I picking this one? So we only have uh, two yes, left. Right. Ooh, yeah. Oh what, what do we have left? We have mistletoe secret and uh, random, random act. act of Christmas. Okay, I really need to take this one, or else Todd has won the competition. <sighs> Which one of these do I think is stronger? I'm not feeling confident in either. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> let's do. I've random. All, if it makes you feel any better, I've gotten all of my points off of what I consider to be my weakest pitch. <laughs> oh no! All right, let's do mistletoe secret. I'm going to do mistletoe secret because I feel a little less confident in this one. So maybe that trend will carry on. This one is uh, traditional animation. So you imagine, you know, classic, uh, rich 2D animation. Uh, in this uh, animated holiday special, the Carpenter family's decorations come alive at night while the family sleeps. Mark the mistletoe has a secret. Every year after he's hung from the doorframe, he only has eyes for Hannah the Holly, the sprig of decoration that hangs from a bow on the door. Of course, when you're mistletoe, courting is difficult as every girl thinks you just want to kiss because you're in close proximity. But with the help of <laughs> Ken the Candle, Barry the Bell, and Thomas the Train, not that one, Mark has plans for the perfect <laughs> Christmas Eve date with Holly. But timing is everything, as they have to arrange the big date to happen after the carpenters go to sleep, but before Santa arrives to deliver presents. When the family cat Ebenezer camps out in the living room, everything may be ruined unless some Christmas magic can save the day. And uh, the tagline is, they spend 11 months in a box and only have one month to shine. (laughs) (laughs) Not your best tagline. Yeah, I know. That was the last one I came up with today. I forgot. I, I like literally we were about to hit start recording. I'm like, oh, I don't have one there. <laughs> so, 
All right, Todd, what's your what's your mistletoe secret? Okay, the mistletoe secret is the surprise sequel to not one, but two beloved two, 2017 classics and a 2018 one as well. <laughs> so you're building a shared universe of your own Christmas specials, Todd? Yes. <laughs> your dream is coming to fruition in Todd's pitches. So this surprise sequel finds uh, Kafika, the queen of the desert pirates, happily marauding when suddenly the elves Chiim Estre Alqualonde and Selimbramor Erunandradon, now known as Holly Pine and Yule Greetings. Uh, and these elves suddenly appear and inform her that Christmas is in grave danger because Krumpus has stolen Santa's boots. While Chi'in Estre and Selembramor have great woodland skills, they are no match for the evil Krumpus. They need the help of an immortal desert pirate queen to save Christmas this year. But even Kafika won't be able to do things on her own. She will need the help of a certain Mexican pirate couple to save the day. So she goes to find Maria and Jose, now happily married, and just are about ready to settle down after their adventures in Mistletoe Promise. But it turns out that the mistletoe under which they promised to be together forever had a secret of its own, and was, like the crown Kafika stole from the wise men, Enchanted, and has granted them not only everlasting life, but has also bound them to do good on Christmas. Will this new team of Christmas superheroes be enough to save Christmas from the Krumpus? <laughs> Can, uh, you remind me of uh, which pitches you were borrowing from there. So that was Mistle- Mistletoe Promise. Mistletoe Promise and uh, the crown for Christmas, the or the Christmas crown. Right. <laughs> and uh, Santa's boots. Okay. All right. I feel like there's some rough retconning going on, but <laughs> that happens. You can't always I'm see. Giving you a chance, I'm giving you a chance to do the right thing. <laughs> well, we still need to hear the real summary of the mistletoe secret before yes, he picks. The actual mistletoe secret. When Arya Eubank convinces a famous travel writer to do a feature story on her beloved hometown, Midway, Utah, it looks like the town's tourism drop is about to be reversed. However, when the travel guru and his ghostwriter both show up, Arya finds her heart torn between the charismatic but pompous Sterling Masters and Alex Bartlett, the real talent behind Masters of Travel, and the man who has genuinely fallen for her. Wait, this is about getting tourism for Midway, Utah? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's what it says. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so point to Joseph. Yes, tied up. I I I, I cannot admit often enough that I made a mistake years ago when I did not pick Todd's mistletoe promise because that was that that is one of those pitches that has stuck with me through the years, and so as much as I wanted it. Because this would be a chance to correct an earlier mistake from a previous year. I, I really want to see all those animated characters and Ebenezer the cat and all of that. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, Todd, my so it does dream. Mean tied. Uh, yeah, we're tied three to three heading into the final round. But my dream has been for Hallmark to have a Christmas Eve special, like four hour event where all the new couples from their previous 30 mm-hmm. or 40 films unite to save Christmas somehow, you know, Avengers style. And you're, you're kind of doing that 
for your own pitches here. And I, I definitely appreciate that. Okay. Well, I'm gl- glad somebody here does. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You can still win this thing. It's three to three with one. I know it left. is. It, it, it always comes down to the, to the end. <clears throat> I think you're, you're starting this one. Oh no, I am. No, it should no, be, no, you it are. should be Todd on, uh, on our, our final one, random acts of Christmas. Okay. Random acts of Christmas. So I don't know how well written this is. I hope that you can, uh, picture what <laughs> I'm trying to describe. It's kind of complicated to describe, but I think it's, uh, anyway, we'll see. Beth Garland, played by Kate Blanchett, and Merle Goldman, played by Paul Giamatti, grew up in Bethlehem, Ohio. They almost fell in love one summer, but were too busy working at the carnival to really spend too much time together, although they did join forces that one fall break to capture a murderer, but that's another story. <laughs> now, more than two decades have passed. Beth has moved to New York to star on Broadway, while Merle has become a dependable character actor in Los Angeles. They are both successful, but they're also lonely and want to make a difference in the world. Then, on a magical Thanksgiving night, they independently come up with the idea of heading back to their hometown in disguise to help the people from their struggling community through random acts of kindness. They each unfold their plans with all the artistry and skill they've developed over a lifetime of acting, and they each become like Christmas angels for their town, lending a helping hand to people out of work, offering a shoulder to cry on for those who are suffering through loss, and helping to mend broken relationships. Things get really interesting, though, when they each start trying to help the disguised versions of each other. Will they recognize each other and rekindle that bygone flame? <laughs> Another cliffhanger. Yeah, I, I love the mistaken identity love interest angle. We, we've definitely gone there before uh, in these. It's a classic I don't know why necessarily so many of these end with cliffhangers. Like, <laughs> is Christmas going to be okay? <laughs> well, well, part of it is definitely that when we're writing 100 to 200 word summaries, it's a lot easier to just set the stage than to really carry everything yes. out <laughs> through the third act. Now, yeah, but, now but so a- that makes sense. Neither of them is aware that the other one is doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I just wanted that to be clear. Yeah. Yes. I, I, that was that was conveyed, and they're constantly yeah. changing costumes. They're like changing their disguises all the time, mm-hmm. which makes it you know, it's great. Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, Joseph, I will throw out something on that cliffhanger note. If you do your four-hour event at the end of the first two hours, you can have actually Christmas not be saved. Oh, I was. I thought you were going to say you could have someone literally hanging off a cliff. No, no, you could, you could have you could do that the too. Negative, the negative outcome, a real yeah, infinity yeah. war. Yes, yeah, leave leave the audiences yeah. uh, you know, sad. Nope, and then there's no Christmas for five years. <laughs> Guys, we've got to get it back. Yeah, I like it. All, All right, right, Joseph, what's your random act of Christmas? Okay, now this one is a Rankin Bass stop motion Christmas special. <laughs> Because what would one of these episodes be without it? Yeah. The tagline was the Christmas special you never knew you wanted. And uh, (laughs) Rankin Bass got a little experimental after the success of Rudolph the Red-Nosed 
reindeer and they tried to create this uh this special that's not gonna have any spoken dialogue it's just gonna be music and their their stop motion and it was intended uh random acts of christmas was intended to capitalize on the love audiences had for rudolph the red-nosed reindeer but it never found its place in the holiday special rotation produced in 1966 what was meant to be a timeless classic quickly became a time capsule of the era some elements like the bell-bottomed hippie going shopping with his girlfriend in a beehive hairdo can cause a modern (laughs) audience to smirk uh, but the four-minute impressively animated sequence of a Gemini rocket blasting off as a herd of flying reindeer watched from the clouds should be seen by even modern audiences. However, even in 1966, the sequence of Santa delivering presents to soldiers in Vietnam was considered a bit out of touch. But that's nothing compared to the confused horror audiences felt when they saw stop-motion elves and a Yeti added to footage of the Civil Rights March or the Silent Night montage of snow falling on the recreation of Watts, California that was damaged during the Watts riots of 1965. <laughs> in the end... Despite a few charming portions, this special is best left forgotten. As Leonard Maltin said, you can appreciate the intent, but not the final product. <laughs> I Joseph sometimes has a creative impulse to not so much write a summary, but to write a retrospective BuzzFeed <laughs> article <laughs> about these. As though it really, really existed and somebody's looking at it (laughs) from a modern perspective, not just somebody saying, this is what it's it's about. Let me give you some some commentary. Let me give you some some context. That's awesome. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. The actual random acts of Christmas. You guys are not going to like this one. I can tell you right now. (laughs) While uncovering who is behind the random acts of Christmas popping up around her city, investigative journalist Sydney meets a competing reporter, Cole, who ignites her Christmas spirit and captures her heart, but may not be the man he claims to be. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it, doesn't even, it doesn't even deal with what the random acts are. It's like, I know. okay, what so the news reporters are digging into it? I, I don't know. Okay. Someone decorated a tree. Send out the, the, the top reporter. <laughs> like, yeah, like, what kind of random act of Christmas is so intense that somebody has to report about it? Oh. I mean, maybe they're nice. Maybe they're nice ones. Yeah, maybe, but like, uh, you know. Well, are you expecting vandalism? Someone's graffiti trees all over town. <laughs> all right. Um, this year's winner, because it all comes down to this. Are you guys ready? Oh my gosh. I don't know. You need this to tell me winner in about 10 seconds if I'm ready. <laughs> is Todd. Oh! oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I can't, can't believe this. Oh my goodness. Todd has it with the the costume swaps and all of that over the the false article about a non-existent <laughs> Reagan mask that nobody it. liked. <laughs> it doesn't exist, but if it did, nobody would have liked it. Ah, uh, usually the Watts riots. Christmas didn't really really fancy there. I did like the idea of the reindeer on the cloud as as a Gemini rocket comes by. Well, that was the part people still like. It was the other ones yeah, that were right. that problematic. That actually rang true. I was like, oh, that that does sound kind of nice. 
But uh, no, Santa in Vietnam and and the Watts riots. The Yeti and the Civil Rights March. <laughs> yeah. I actually really like that one. <laughs> like, I can envision that one. Like, it's not like I can't envision these things. And the Yeti and the Civil Rights March is like, I can picture that pretty clearly. And it's not good. It's a bad look. <laughs> oh, well, I have to respect. Cool. Random acts of Christmas won it for me. I mean, I have to congratulate you, Todd, on your on your narrow victory in that our was Christmas a narrow special victory. 2019. Now, thank you quick, very much. What did you guys, out of oh, the real ahead. ones, which one did you guys like best? Out of the real ones? I, I feel like so, so many times you finish the summary and I'm still waiting. For, for a summary? <laughs> yeah. Ah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of them. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, what was the real Christmas a la mode? Christmas a la mode uh, was the apple, apple pie. That's the only one yeah, that yeah. I can remember. Uh, so maybe well, it's that one. Santa Girl was the... Uh, I remember the those two. Student. The Random Acts of Christmas is not it. That was... No, that was very forgettable. Christmas temp was was immediately entering some dangerous territories where the HR rep was the one. Oh yeah, the it can't be that one. What was Twinkle all the way? Uh, that is. Oh, that was oh, that was the a- one you guys. That was like the overly cheesy wedding planner and Christmas decorator. No, my favorite was oh, the yeah, Christmas movie. There was a snowstorm. Like, that one was like I, too I, much. I, I like the meta oh, Christmas movie Christmas. Christmas. That one was good. Yeah, I think I, I think I like Christmas movie Christmas the best. Of the real ones. Okay. Waking up and, and you're actually in a Christmas movie. That was good. That, that is a pretty good start. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you, Todd, for coming on again to join us uh, for, for our annual Christmas special. Uh, assuming we're still going next year. Will you come back on? Of course. All right. Well, thank you, listeners, for downloading this episode uh, and for listening. For show notes and links to all the other great Dueling Genre shows, you can go to DuelingGenre.com. Also, please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast in your podcast app of choice. And please leave us a review. That really helps us out. We would like to thank Nick English, who designed our logo, and Scott Tofty, who composed our theme music. If you enjoyed this episode, you might want to go check out our previous four annual Christmas specials. Uh, you can reach us by emailing feedback at protagonistpodcast.com. We're also on Twitter. You can follow at protagonistpod or at Jadorowski. And our producer, Andrew, is at Disminute. And our Facebook fan page is facebook.com slash protagonistpodcast. Thank you again for listening, and we'll be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story. So long. So long. Yeah. Um, oh, I... Damn it, I need a coin. You used your phone once. Yeah, I'm not doing that again. Can't you just say... <laughs> also, please subscribe to the... Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, Tom. When you're a guest, I cannot get the words the protagonist podcast out of my mouth. Okay. <clears throat>